us reason together. That's what God says. Come, let us reason together. us reason together that's what God says come let us reason together says the Lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. Come, let us reason together. That's what God says. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as old. Come, let us reason together, that's what God says. Us reason together, the Almighty God, we listen for your quiet voice, and we ask you to hear us as we pray. Through your Son, you called us into a life and a friendship that influences all other relationships. Help us to see beauty where we might have seen ugliness. Create in us a new heart, O God, a clean heart, one that seeks your ways. Send your spirit and empower us with your love and goodness. Fill our worship this hour with your presence. Teach us your grace and show us the wonder of your vast glory and your unlimited mercy. We praise you, wonderful God, and we remember the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As Seventh-day Baptists, we focus on faith and the gospel message. One discussion item that often comes up is the role of our feelings in relation to our faith. The question is, are feelings somehow a primary indication of your position in Christ? I can understand why a believer might come to that conclusion. After all, we use some interesting vocabulary. We use words like joy and victory and overcoming Emotional words. The the vocabulary of a mature Christian is full 
of words that express our confidence and our joy about the freedom we have from the bondage of sin. But regardless of your use of confident words, I want to assure you that feelings are not the primary indication of your standing before God. So let's consider what I like to call the three F's. The three F's. Not failure, but fact, faith, and feelings. Jesus taught us that truth or facts, they trump everything. The truth trumps everything. The fact is that when you committed to become a follower of Jesus, you were accepted by him and your sins were and are forgiven. When you became a follower of Jesus, you may have experienced overwhelming joy. You may have experienced peace that seemed like a dream. But let me tell you, not every new believer experiences those types of intense feelings. And for those who do experience intense feelings, after a while, those feelings subside. The problem is that there is a false doctrine out there that promotes feelings over faith. And consequently, some believers begin to doubt that a change has really taken place in their lives. And they question their faith. And since God is not visible, they begin to feel like their transaction with God wasn't real. Well, I have some good news for you. For a believer, God's presence is a certain fact. Every, every deed we do is done in the presence of God. Every word we speak to God in prayer is spoken as if our eyes can see him and our hands can touch him. We have a relationship with our Father in heaven, and that relationship is a binding relationship. Oh, but Pastor Michael, you might say, if only God would speak to me and say to me that he accepted me into his family when I gave myself to him, then I would have no trouble believing and my doubts would go away. Really? Then you would not have faith. Sight is not faith. Feeling is not faith. Rather, believing what we cannot see, hear, or feel is faith. The order is not fact, feeling, and then faith. The order is fact, faith, and then feeling in the far distance. When we surrender ourselves, God receives us according to his plan, then and there, a real transaction takes place. And God will never break his transaction, the transaction that brought you into his family. So let's read this portion of scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 26, where we can get an idea of how God feels about his people. You have declared this day that the Lord is your God, and that you will walk in obedience to him, that you will keep his decrees, commands, and laws, 
that you will listen to him. And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people, his trusted possession, as he promised. And that you are to keep all his commands. He has declared that he will set you in praise, fame, and honor high above all the nations he has made. And that, he will, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord, your God, as he promised. These verses tell us quite a lot about how God views his people. When we declare that the Lord God gave his son, Jesus, to be our Savior, and that we will walk in his ways and keep his commandments, then from that moment, he takes possession of us. Just like he did with the ancient Israelites all those thousands of years ago. God hasn't changed. He takes possession of his people. The, this principle has always been God's, prior, God's mode of dealing with humanity. He takes possession of his people. Our walk then becomes a walk of faith in God's promises. A walk of trust. But sadly, some believers say, I know that everything in a believer's life is faith. But faith is hard. I'm not sure that my faith is strong enough. I have more good news for you. Faith is not complicated. Faith is simple. Too many believers have the wrong idea about faith. They mistakenly think that faith is a religious exercise of some sort. Or they think that faith is a tangible feeling. They think that faith is something they can look at as if it's a passport into God's presence, into God's favor. They look at faith as if it's a coin to purchase God's gifts. Faith is not like that. Faith is not something tangible. Faith simply believes God. Look out the window. You see something. You know you have sight. Look in your Bible. You read something. You know you have faith. Just as sight is only seeing Faith is only believing. If you believe God's gospel message, you are saved. If you do not believe God's gospel message, you are not saved. Your faith links you to God through Jesus. But maybe you're thinking that you're not so sure about faith being so simple. So let's talk about the trust you place in others during your day-to-day -day life. Do you realize how little you fear when you place your life under the direct control of bus drivers or plane pilots? You don't even worry about it. Why is it that you listen to the advice of a doctor you also trust that the food you eat at a restaurant will not give you food poisoning. A business owner gives his sales data to an accountant, believing that the accountant will not get him into trouble with the IRS. Mothers go out at night for some relaxation, leaving their children in the care of a babysitter. The truth is that we continually entrust our health and even our lives to others. 
who, if they choose to, could throw us under the bus into misery and even into death. Yet we place all this trust in others without feeling that we are doing anything remarkable. Life would be difficult, indeed, if you were concerned that the coffee was tainted in a restaurant or that a news reporter didn't deliver the unbiased facts. Problem we have in society these days. Can you imagine how difficult life would be if we did not trust people with whom we interact every day? That would be an awful way to live. Can you imagine how difficult it would be to live a spiritual life, to live your spiritual life, if you did not trust in God or believe in His Word? And I'm not being silly about this. How is it that a believer can trust people but cannot trust God? How is it that a believer can trust records written by others but cannot trust the record authored by the Holy Spirit? the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us that Jesus is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. See, this is not just a happen-what-may thing with God. God is serious about taking possession of his people. That was Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Some believers, especially the Pentecostal crowd, I have many Pentecostal friends, they even say that they need more of the Holy Spirit to have stronger faith. Wait a second. That makes no sense. That logic blames the Holy Spirit for your lack of faith. The fault is the Holy Spirit's fault because you don't have enough Holy Spirit. No, the fault is not with the Holy Spirit. Rather, the fault is lack of trust. The fault comes by not allowing oneself to rest in the care of God's promises and the saving power of our Lord, Messiah Jesus. You have no problem trusting the management of the universe and all of creation to God. You should also have no problem nor be anxious or troubled about God's management of you. Resist your doubts. Stand upon the trustworthiness of God Almighty. And if you do, you'll find that your difficulties with faith will soon vanish and be replaced with a firm determination to believe. And if you think about it, you'll recognize that every act of trust on your part will make your next act of trust easier. That's the way God made us. Trust is a habit. When you stand upon your belief, it won't be long until trusting in God's promises become the natural unconscious action of your redeemed soul, the individual you. You stop doubting. Okay, let's go back to faith and feelings again. I want to emphasize that your spiritual life hidden in Christ 
is not lived by feelings. Feelings and emotions, they do serve us in life. They can be wonderful. They can bring us comfort. They can even protect us. But the reality is that your life is not lived by emotions. If it is, you will be a walking wreck. Your life is lived by your decisions. You make your choices. You decide whatever you do. Your emotions should not be allowed to take control. When you invited God to take control of your life, it was your decision. It was within your central will, the individual you, that God's Holy Spirit entered. You can choose to believe that God can free you from the bondage of sin, regardless of your feelings. And for some believers, this is a new way of living, not by feeling, but by choosing to believe. Belief, believe that the Spirit of God within you can bring every thought and feeling under control. Some folks have been held captive by their feelings, their emotions, for a long time. And those feelings have created a lot of anguish, a lot of di difficulty, created a lot of doubts in their walk with Christ. The way to remove doubts and fears about your relationship with God is to stop living according to your feelings. Feelings simply serve you. They should not control you. Instead, regard your will, your decision-making ability as the real driving force in your life. Have you given up your will to God? How or have you put your will into God's hands? Have you determined to be a believer, a follower of Jesus? Do you choose to be obedient to God's commands? If you can answer yes to these questions, then faith in your life has taken priority over your feelings. You're in control of the direction your spiritual life will go. If you cannot answer yes to these questions, then you still need to learn to ignore your emotions. Scripture directs us to present ourselves as living sacrifices to God, to yield ourselves to Him, to abide in Christ, to walk in the light, to die to self. Your emotions will not cause you to follow these commands. You can't feel yourself into being obedient. That's not the way it works. That's not the way God created us. Jesus reinforced the law one day when one of the religious experts stood up to test him. Jesus asked, asked him, what is written in the law? And the religious expert answered. He quoted a verse out of the Old Testament written over a thousand years before Christ walked this earth. This was during the time of Moses. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor 
as yourself. How do we do something with our heart? Most people would say doing something from the heart means doing it with feeling. <laughs> I'm not at all convinced that that is a good interpretation. More likely, loving God with your heart means loving God with your will, consciously choosing to abandon yourself, yielding yourself to Him, placing yourself under God's control. You don't become will-less. You simply substitute God's will for your self-promoting will. As the Apostle Paul wrote, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. We have Holy Spirit power within us that helps us. Okay. Another way to look at this, and I really like this, is faith necessary to receive a gift? Until I believe that a gift has been given to me and I claim it as my own, the gift is not really mine. This is true of any gift, but it's especially true for gifts that are purely mental or spiritual. Love can be lavished upon us by another person, but until we believe that we are loved, our, the gift of love never really becomes ours. Yeah, love is a two-way street. Most believers understand this principle when they think about the gift of forgiveness. We understand that no amount of preaching will give us forgiveness. We must claim forgiveness with real repentance. We have faith. We believe that Jesus died to offer us forgiveness. Similarly, after we receive the gift of forgiveness, God has a way of life. He wants us to follow that is also a gift. The words of Paul again from Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Paul was directly considering this thought. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. You committed to Jesus by faith alone how are you supposed to live your life after accepting Jesus as Lord it's the same you live by faith alone you believed that through his gift of salvation you were forgiven now you believe that in your life you can be freed from the power of sin you believed and claimed that Jesus is your Redeemer, now you believe that Jesus is your life. It's sad when believers cannot surrender themselves to God. You might even hear these words, I just can't do it. I don't know how to surrender myself. I've heard that. Especially from those people who are steeped in addiction. It's sad when a believer says, my faith isn't strong enough for me to step away from my life of sin or my addictions. 
It's sad when a believer doesn't trust in God. Let me tell you how you can trust in God. This is what you say to God. Father in heaven, I believe that through Jesus you can deliver me from my sin. I believe that you can keep me from yielding to the temptation of sin. And I trust you to keep me safe from sin. I've tried on my own, but I failed. I'm helpless without you, Jesus. So I give myself to you, body and spirit. I give all of myself to you to be fashioned into whatever you choose me to be. I believe that you are working in me, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. I believe your word, and now I trust you to complete the work in me that began the moment when Jesus became my Savior. Can you hear the decision-making process inherent in these words? God wants our surrender. He knows that you have feelings. He made you this way. But feelings can misguide you, even work against you. You may feel that in life you don't measure up. Your feelings may protest your surrender, but it's not your feelings that you must hold firm to. Feelings get you in trouble. What you need to hold on to is your commitment. That's what you must hold firm. Feelings change. It's your purpose that God looks at, not your feelings about your purpose. Your purpose springs from inside, from your will, your determination, your commitment. Your purpose is what God looks at. And that is what you need to attend to, your purpose in life. What, as I said last week, what is your goal for eternity? Do you have a goal big enough for eternity? And when you approach life this way, where your primary focus is on your purpose, then your feelings will come along too. Facts, faith, and then feelings in the distance. They will come along too. Your feelings will morph into total trust and joy. God has undertaken your care and the management of your life. And according to his word... He is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, His love endures forever. For a life that's been reborn, 
His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us forever from the rising to the setting sun his love endures forever and by the grace of god we will carry on his love endures forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us forever. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us forever. 